He was pleased as man with men to dwell. And that is what we celebrate this weekend. God being pleased to take on human flesh, to dwell with us. Emmanuel, the words say, God with us. I have this vague memory when I was little of of company coming. We've been talking about company coming for the last three weeks um, here in church on Sunday mornings. I don't remember what time of year it was, really. I don't know if it was Christmas or if it was Thanksgiving or summer vacation. I don't remember if it was in preschool when I lived in Lubbock in West Texas or later when I lived in Northeast Texas. I don't even remember who it was that we were waiting for. But I have two distinct memories. Number one, the house smelled good. I'm assuming because my mother was cooking something. And two, my brother and I were taking turns getting on the couch, looking out the window at the driveway, waiting for whoever it was to show up. Um, Anticipation. But time, because it's been so long, has a way of making those memories fuzzy, making them vague. Can't quite figure out what it is that that I'm really remembering and if do I really have all the facts straight to begin with. The people of the Old Testament had that same problem, only in reverse. Time for them also made things vague and fuzzy. They knew some of the facts. They knew there was going to be a a descendant of David. They knew he was going to be a king. They knew about Bethlehem and, and various other facts, but there was a lot they didn't quite get, didn't quite understand. In fact, Paul called it a mystery. They didn't know, they didn't see, they didn't quite get it. Time, whether we look back or whether we're looking forward, has a way of making things vague. But they and us tonight are anticipating something. They were looking forward to the Messiah. We look forward to, in the morning, some of us, Christmas and presents, But ultimately, we're also looking forward to Christ's second coming. Looking forward to Him returning. We, like them, are anticipating something. And we, like them, have all these promises we've been given. And But sometimes we, we look forward to Christmas, December 25th, so much. And then we wake up a few weeks later, maybe January 12th, or, or maybe it's even December 26th. Or maybe it's even the afternoon of the 25th and we go, that wasn't what I expected. That wasn't what I thought it was going to be. That wasn't what I hoped it could be. Now granted, last year was pretty close, right? We woke up and about 6 o'clock it started falling and it got deeper and deeper. And if there ever was going to be the Christmas that would usher in all those promises, last year would have been it, right? But we woke up again on the 26th or on the 12th or sometime in February and pain and frustration and heartache entered into our lives and we had to confess that, nope, that wasn't it either. It was close, maybe closer than it's been in a long time, but there's something missing. There's something not quite there. We're still waiting for God to intervene. That is the message of Christmas. It's the message of the entire Bible. God intervening on on behalf of His people 
according to His promises for the purpose of blessing the nations. That's the message of Christmas. It's the message of God's testament from beginning to end. He gets involved in our lives according to promises He's already made so that we in turn and He through us might bless the nations. But we wait. And we become frustrated because it's not what we think it should be or what we want it to be. Despite the songs, despite the food, despite the presents, despite the Charlie Brown Christmas special, it's just not quite what we want it to be. Not yet. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 61, if you would, please. Uh, Just briefly, we're going to look at a, a few verses. The nation was watching and waiting. The nation was, was hoping. This was during the time, uh, probably right before the reforms that King Hezekiah made. And the nation was in trouble. And we read these words. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And we hear that, and, and we should, if, if we're paying attention, fast forward several hundred years, and Jesus said those exact same words. He was in the synagogue in Nazareth, His hometown. And he came in and He grabbed the Isaiah scroll and He read those words and He said, Today, in your hearing, these words are fulfilled. And here we are 2,000, later, 2000 years later and we go, Really? Sometimes it doesn't seem that way. And we're fuzzy still because we want physical healing. We want physical release. We want physical favor. And part of what they were talking about was spiritual, but is there something else? Actually, there is. And it involves me and you. Because... We read in the New Testament that you and I are the body of Christ. That while this prophecy directly related to Jesus, He said Himself, this is me, this is what I've come to do. After He ascended and left, He he sent His Spirit and now we are the body of Christ. And so, you and I are the ones who the Spirit of the Lord is upon. You and I are the ones who are to bring good news to the afflicted. You and I are the ones who are to be sent to bind up the brokenhearted. We, individually and collectively, are the ones who are to proclaim liberty to the captives. You and I, us together, are the ones who are to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. We're supposed to do that where we are in our neighborhoods, with our families, at work. We are the body of Christ. We're the ones who have an opportunity each and every day to bring Christmas to the people around us who are hurting and broken and captive. Because that is God's message. That's the message of Christmas. To intervene in the lives of men. You and I have the opportunity to intervene in people's lives every day. According to His promises, He's made wonderful promises to us. Some we've talked about over the last three weeks that enable us to do that. 
that His name may be proclaimed among the nations. When we intervene in people's lives, when we interact with our neighbors and our family and our friends, we have no idea the impact that that may have. That ripple effect, how far it goes. You and I have an opportunity each and every day to bring Christmas to people who, like me when I was sitting on the couch when I was little, like those folks in the Old Testament, like maybe a lot of the kids here tonight, waiting, waiting for Christmas. And you and I have the opportunity to do that each and every day. So let me encourage you to do that and to remain steadfast, to persevere in that. And you can do that based on things that we've talked about over the last three weeks here. You can do that because you have been nourished by the bread of life that came down. He didn't expect us to provide food for Him even though He was company to us. He fed us. And in the strength of that nourishment, you have the ability to go out into the world and be Christmas. Company was coming. He didn't expect you to clean for Him. He came and He cleaned us up. He gave us forgiveness of sins through His blood on the cross. And being clean now, we have in a sense nothing to fear. We can go out into our communities, into our families, into our neighborhoods and and love people without fear of condemnation. He's clean. He's cleaned us up. And then last week, we talked about the fact that He has provided for us abundant gifts. Gifts beyond all that we can think or imagine. We have been enabled. You have sustenance. You have cleansing. You have enablement to be Christmas for someone. Tomorrow, next month, two months from now, next year. And when we do that, you show the light of Christ to the world. When we don't, it's dark. It kind of looks like this. Sometimes that speaker doesn't like me walking close to it. Right? And, and this is a, a, an uncomfortable feeling. But the world is like this. This is what they face day in and day out, those that don't know Christ. This is what it's like for them. Oh, I, I can sort of make out some people in the back, but it's vague. It's, it's hard to really tell. It's hard to really see who you are and, and, and what you need. And it's scary. The dark is scary. But you and I have an opportunity to be light for people. In a moment, we're going to sing Silent Night. We're going to light the candles that you have. We've joked in here about that song. That probably that night all was not calm or bright. But you have an opportunity as the body of Christ, as the light of Christ to fulfill that song, to make that song true for people, to bring calmness into their chaotic world and to bring brightness into their darkness. So as we sing together, as we pass around the light of Christ, let it be a reminder to you this Christmas that individually and together we have the opportunity to light up someone's life. 
as we share the good news of our Savior with them, as we get involved, as we intervene in their lives as God intervened in our life, as we become incarnational, showing the love of God to people. So I'm going to uh, light a candle. Aaron's going to play for us. And would you sing along with us? And as the light gets to you, would you pass it to your neighbor? And yes, would you stand, please?